Where are we going? We're very aggressive in what we do. Uh, it, it takes a strong leader to come in to throttle that back. What he's asking us to do now is pull your heart back, pull your, pull your cojones in a tad, and use your brains. Just a breaking of double bullshit, double bullshit. So let me tell you something. I noticed the terminal at Metro Airport had been renamed for Wayne County Executive Warren C. Evans. I texted Evans to congratulate him for getting his name on the building without having to die first. He never texted back. I was on my way to New York last week to do the Chris Cuomo show. I don't like flying, but I'll do almost anything to get on TV. Detroit and New York are a lot alike. Both are home to some of the nicest, meanest people in the country. The kind of people who smile as they slide a knife into your chest, but never in your back. The flight was uneventful. I took a cab into Manhattan. I checked into the hotel and took a walk before Cuomo's 8 o'clock round table. I went to the Oyster Bar in Grand Central Station, the same people that designed Detroit's defunct Central Railroad Station, just so you know. I got a bowl of clam chowder, best in the city, cost me 17 bucks. I skipped a martini. I had an 8 o'clock show to do. I went to use the bathroom downstairs at the train station. The line was excessively long because no one wanted to use the urinals at the far side of the bathroom where a naked guy was having a sauna under the hand blower. No cops anywhere. New York and Detroit are a lot alike. So I left without relieving myself. I walked north on the Avenue of the Americas. They were hanging iron on a new skyscraper. It must be a privately financed job, I figure. In Detroit, we publicly finance our skyscrapers, and the only thing that's moved at the cynical Hudson Skyscraper Project has been a porta john swinging around on the end of a crane like some kind of prank pinata. I headed west on 44th Street looking for a toilet and the new national debt clock. The old national debt clock froze in 2009 when it ran out of numbers. Nine trillion nine hundred ninety-nine billion nine hundred ninety-nine million nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars and ninety-nine cents. <laughs> I found the new national debt clock stuffed in an alley. Since apparently no one wants to be reminded, our collective debt grows at ten thousand dollars per second. Now I'm no economist, but that seems excessive. I had to go real bad at this point. New York, like Detroit, doesn't have a lot of public bathrooms. Then I remembered Bryant Square Park. They used to bury the paupers there. A group of shivering dudes waiting in line sat cross-legged and passed a copious joint among themselves. They'd forgotten they were even in line. So I stepped around them and I walked 500 feet to the public library, the one with the stone lions in front. There were no lines for the toilet at the library. They were nice with marbled floors and polished brass. I thought about the dope sitting in line for the toilet at the park. Should have stayed in school, dudes. Say no to drugs. Books are power. I went to the hotel, got dressed, then went outside for a smoke. 
my phone rang. Detroit Fire Chief Mike Nevin was dead, I was informed. A heart attack. Nevin was one of the bravest and most pugilistic public servants I've ever known. He battled every day for the people of Detroit and the members of his department. I cried a little bit at the news. An FDNY ladder truck drove by just then. I waved and cried a little bit more. The phone rang again. This time it was Cuomo's producer. The roundtable had to be canceled, she said. The jury was back with a verdict in the Alec Murdoch murder trial. Cuomo still might have me on to discuss it, she offered as a way of apology. But I don't know anything about that case. I've been busy with power outages, a campus shooting, and a train derailment. I didn't want to go on TV to talk about something I know nothing about. People hate that in Detroit, and people hate that in New York, and people hate that everywhere else. I'll do almost anything to get on TV, but I won't fake it. So I went and had that martini, and I lifted my glass to Chief Mike Nevin. A life well lived. My man, Mike Nevin. He's a good guy. Do you know he came on the job March 2nd, let me do the math. 1987, mm-hmm. and they found him March 2nd, no, 88, mm-hmm. and they found him March 2nd, 2023, 35 years, wow. same day. Wow. I'm sorry. I was sorry to hear that. Mark, Mike was a, the one word I'd use to describe him was fair. Mike was a son of a bitch, man. That guy, yeah. look, I, I can't tell you. How many children this guy saved? Mm -hmm. I would tell you that this guy advocated for this city and anybody visiting this city. You remember when I was banging on the ambulances, the ambulances Mm -hmm. aren't coming, Mike's complaining Mm -hmm. out loud as part of the fire department, as part a a union rep twice in his life, once the president, Mm -hmm. that they weren't coming. And they tried to take him out so many times. So it was Southwest Detroit. Mother had gone off for a minute. The house caught on fire. Mm -hmm. Two little boys were out. One was going to die. There was no ambulance. So Mike put the kid in the squad truck and took him to the hospital, worrying that if the kid died, he was going to come up on charges like mm-hmm. dereliction of duty or manslaughter. Right. That's what they were doing to this guy. That's what they do to anybody that steps out. That's true. And, you know, you, nobody should want somebody as part of an organization that covers up and caters or kowtows to the inefficiencies and the ineffectiveness of that organization. Man, this life and death, the fire department. Yeah. That's like... People in Detroit know this. You call the fire department before you call the police because they come. That's true. In five to ten minutes, and they're coming with a big red truck, and they're swinging axes. You call the police, you're you waiting. Remember, they used to just shit can the calls. They never showed up. I remember. Mike knows this. So I'll tell you a story about Mike. I, I came back in 2008. It's one of the first stories I did was the fire department, and the fire union put me in touch with, uh, what was he then, Sergeant Mike Nevin? Real, just mm-hmm. leader of men. And um, I became friendly with the guys at Squad 3 over on the east side on uh, Grand Boulevard. There was an arson job. Turns out it's one of these ministers. He's also got the Spirit of Detroit Award. He's pals with Kwame Kilpatrick. He pays a shabby homeless man, not a shabby, um, what do you call those, fixer-upper guys? Handyman. Handyman, Pays him 20 bucks to light one of his properties on fire. He just wants it to burn a little bit, right? So he can collect insurance for the second time. Mm-hmm. 
He's never forced in this city to fix it the first time. Collected the insurance, never did. So the guy lit it on fire a little bit. And it got out of control. And Squad 3, Nevin, Walt Harris, another mm -hmm. Titan, another minister. What a great mm -hmm. guy. In Detroit, they go into the buildings. And they're putting this out. And the roof collapsed. And Walt mm -hmm. was pinned underneath the, uh, the rubble and the rafters. And, and hold on a second here. Um, and they couldn't find him because his alarm, it's called a pass alarm. So mm -hmm. it works. If you go, if you're not upright anymore, it trips, right? Okay. It's like a level. Yeah. It didn't work. Oh, wow. They couldn't find him. There was no ambulance on the scene. So Nevin blows the whistle on this fucked up city where the hydrants don't work and the fire trucks leak and the ambulances are broken. He blows the whistle and they get pissed. Sure. This is the Kilpatrick slash um, Ken Cockrell time, right? Fast forward a couple months. Nevin is on the truck with his guys, and uh, they get caught on tape taking a screen door off of an abandoned house. Mm -hmm. I remember that. <laughs> screen door, yeah. right? Oh, taking yeah. a screen mm -hmm. door. Yeah. For what? What are they taking the screen door for? For the firehouse. Yeah. Because the firehouse doesn't have any screen doors. If you know anything about this town, they, they never pay for upkeep of these things. And then they'd steal money pretending things like roofs and garage floors were getting done. They never did. Mm -hmm. The untold story is the firefighters would fix it themselves. So Nevin gets fired not once for that screen door, but twice. For the same thing? Yeah. Because twice, twice he gets reinstated. He wins a whistleblower lawsuit okay. against this city. Okay. Fighting, 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 always fighting. Mental health for firefighters. Smoke alarms for people in their homes. Mm -hmm. Doing his job and going above and beyond. I mean, I only met him once. We had him in once. Very nice guy. He didn't know me. He didn't know me from anybody. He's unbelievable. Public servant. Guy. Yeah. Fucking wore a mullet. I actually, I actually watch his mullet catch on fire. Okay. Why are you wearing that. a mullet in a fucking house fire? I want to hear that. How did this mullet catch fire? Yeah. Because it was coming out from underneath his fucking helmet. You know how much moose you got to use to keep a mullet looking good? No, I do not, Rick. Well, he didn't use moose. That's why it didn't never look good. Oh. <laughs> it's like, you know, like... Uh, he liked Echo and the Bunny Men. He liked '80s New Wave. Is what he played. He's an interesting guy. He played I mean, yeah. professional hockey in Europe. Really? Wow. Before he came on the job. Funny thing is, he used to own a screen door business, so he knows exactly <laughs> how to take it off. <laughs> right, and what it was worth is unbelievable. And, and how to reinstall it? Um, wow. At the end of the That's program, I, I'm glad I wrote this book. Detroit in American Autopsy, because he's featured in it, and I've been fond of saying lately, you only you die twice. Mm -hmm. Once when your heart stops and once when they don't speak your name anymore and it's there. And I've admired the man since I met him and I admire him now. Died of a heart attack in his apartment. And that's okay. And condolences to his family, his biological family, as well as his DFD family. And treat him well. Don't be scumbags. Yeah. Right? When somebody goes down, enough with the gossiping and, and all of that. So anyway... On our, Mike came on our program. You'll remember, I wrote a story. Mike was the source of it. There was a murder on the southwest side, I believe it was. And no, it was, it was central. It was like in the 10th precinct. It was like uh, Davison, Livernoy, or mm -hmm. something like that. And uh, 
The firefighters answer this, this call, but there are no cops there. And the radio traffic, we get the radio traffic. They're not coming for like an hour. And these firefighters are stuck and there's mm-hmm. a couple of creepy people around there and they're afraid and they're hiding behind their, their fire truck and they don't get a response. Moreover, after they finally do get a, there are no squad cars available. That's what was really happening in this city, still is. The first homicide detected doesn't come for three hours. The next homicide detected doesn't come for six hours because they all get the night off. Because they don't have homicide detectives working nights anymore to say this is Duggan's Detroit. So Mike was out there. You, if, if firefighters in the middle of a murder scene can't get a cop, what do you think Miss Jones is getting? Not much more. So what did we get from that? What did Mike get from that? The, fi- the, the, the chief of police, James Craig, the mayor, tried to get him up on charges of obstruction of justice for posting the run sheets on social media so you could know. Sounds like they just kept looking for an excuse. Cover up. Get rid of to, this to get dude. Rid of them. Yeah, it's, it's what it feels like. And then, you know, somebody dies of a heart attack. Duggan comes at a funeral and says, I want to put some medical stuff in place for your health. Never did. What about the mental health when, you, when you're picking a dead child out of fire? They don't get anything. Yeah. City insists they do. This was Mike Nevin, a titan. And his family has my condolences. Deepest respect to the man. I'm actually kind of sad about it. Right there. There he is. Mm-hmm. There's that story. <laughs> two guys in hats James Craig and Mike Nevin <laughs> two guys in look hats. at that alright uh, let uh, show's brought to you by Hall Financial help yourself over 40% of Americans don't have that 500 bucks might be in your home call them up see if you can get equity pulled out of there you can take that lower interest rate take your debt consolidate it save yourself money I don't know how many times I have to tell you called uh, Cash Out Refinance from Hall Financial. Relieve your finance stress and keep your family prepared. You might need to get a fucking generator. Mm. Whether you're mm. looking to purchase a new home or refinance your current home, you need to call Hall first at 866-CALL-HALL or get started by going to callhallfirst.com. Should I do another one? Or we, I can... Yeah. Yeah, go ahead and do it. Okay, well, you know. Tell me more. How else can I save money? No, no, Luke Nowacki, remember <laughs> the strategy for the long term. If everybody by now knows the name Luke Nowacki, right? At Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Everybody knows. I got, I got back and forth. I got Luke. I got other people. I'm, I'm talking to my lawyer telling him about things that Luke's telling me. I won't tell you because that wouldn't be legal. Luke doesn't want mm-hmm. that in a commercial. You can't give people financial advice like that. But you can get it if you call 248-663-4748. Let me just say I found 5% interest for my money in the bank. Five. 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 Ooh. Ding! It's pretty good. It's called a certificate of uh, deposit. Oh, yeah. Somebody call Luke Nowacki and turn your .05 into 5. 248 yeah. That's Royal Alliance and Associate Incorporated. Strippers too. <laughs> well, when you have enough money, when you make money, you can uh, hey, give back. From what I understand, they make quite a bit of money. Only they if they're good. And they get quite a few tips. <laughs> okay, Charlie. Fiscally keep, and keep it moving. Keep it moving. I'm sorry. Fiscally and physiologically. Those strippers are really working for those tips. <laughs> I am sorry I started Yeah, you this. brought it up. Just I a did. little bit. And I apologize. Just a little bit of the tip. Not the whole thing, just the tip.
What's next, Charlie? Thank you, sir. <laughs> That's what the stripper said. So, I promise, just a tip. I'm sorry, everybody. I should have never done that. No, you're not. It's fine. <laughs> Don't be sorry. It was great. <laughs> oh. Charlie is losing it over here. Oh. What, what happened? I, I couldn't swallow. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's another stripper joke Pull the there. plug, Red. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. When you're bombarded with insurance that promises to save you money, you know they're bullshit, but you know from listening to this program, Legacy Partners, the real deal. Mark save, Red save, Karen save, I save, Bernie save, 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 save. <laughs> Get some life insurance. Dancers need insurance. They need insurance. Mm-hmm. They need to insure those legs. You can't afford Lords of, Lloyds of London? Try Legacy Partners. 586-209-4106. Tell them I sent you. 586-209-4106. They'll call you back today. Proud to have them aboard. See how little it takes to distract this. Bunch of children. Yeah, it's I like swear. little kids. You know? <laughs> okay, what you expect in a room full of dudes? <laughs> huh, okay. Okay, listen now. Uh, this, is, this is fucked up. I got to learn this from my neighbor. I'm driving to go see my mom, whose power's out again. We'll get to that after this one. My neighbor's like, hey. That's kind of fucked up what the, the Lansing Police Department did. I go, well, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Listens to the show. He reads, he reads the column. Right. He goes, well, I, I saw in the newspaper that uh, the, the Lansing Police Department doesn't have any information on when they went to the shooter's house eight days before he shot up MSU. What was his name? Anthony McRae. They went to check on his dad. Mm-hmm. They tell the Detroit News that they don't have any documentation. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait a minute. Didn't I also put in a Freedom of Information Act? Now, her name's Beth LeBlanc at the Detroit News. Mm-hmm. She's Crackerjack. There's no doubt, right? Mm-hmm. Crackerjack. Politics, she got it. A, a dam breaks, she's got it, right? But she don't know police. I know police. I know the fire. You know, you divide up and, and you conquer. So here's what it says in the newspaper. Like, she must have put in a Freedom of Information Act. She never got it. My column runs, she inquires about it. Oh, we sent it to the wrong address. This should tell you something about Lansing Police. Because I'm starting to get a real clear picture. So they send it to her, and they say that her records request was denied, right? Because there were no written reports for the residents over that period. They went to the gunman's house to check on his dad, but there were no reports on it. And they say there were no reports because there was no crime committed. But isn't there a run sheet? Hmm. Hey. Wow, hey, wow, hey. Hmm. <laughs> what a question. That's why Karen's a columnist for the Detroit News. <laughs> I'm just asking. Okay, but the Lansing police did tell her, according to her report, that the older McRae, his name's Michael, his sister called 911 on February 5th asking for a welfare check on her 67-year-old mm-hmm. brother, who goes by Mike, Right. This is what the Lansing police told Beth. Quote, the Lansing police made contact with Michael at his residence and confirmed he was okay. Mr. McRae explained his cell phone battery had died and was unaware that anyone was trying to reach him. Well, how would you know that if there's nothing written mm-hmm. down? Mm-hmm. <laughs> One hell of a memory. And, and how would you know that if, because originally they said there was there was no contact made, that there was no wellness check. That was the first thing. Let's get it right. They said they made a wellness check, but it had nothing to do with the gunman. Okay. Okay, there's the only gunman. two people that live in there. Right. Certainly, 
the old man, his sister would know he lives with the son. Mm-hmm. She called a son. Perhaps. Quite, okay, perhaps not. But here's the thing, PD. You're now in violation of the Freedom of Information Act because I don't have my answer. And I'm going to remind you of something else. I asked for that welfare check to, to McRae's home that the material should include but not be limited to the dispatch call, the time of the call, the name of the caller, the reason, the subject of the welfare check, and any and all notes and reports from responding officers. So there are notes. Don't bullshit me. It's called the CAD documentation. Computer Assisted Dispatch. 911 dispatches it to the car. In the computer, they open up the file, say, we're, we're Lansing PD, we're not Okemos PD, we're not East Lansing PD. That's our file. Call received on the way. Arrived at this time. Knocked on the door. He said this to me. That's where you got that, that, that battery information. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, I asked you when the police chief said there were no shot fired calls from the home. I asked you for any other disturbance calls, police interactions or reports filed concerning the gunman's neighborhood. Because nobody called shots fired to that home. Let's say I'm a neighbor. I hear bang, bang. You're, I don't know which house. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you my address. If I say I'm hearing banging, you want to know what the, it varies department to department. They don't put in shots fired. They code it. The dispatcher calls it as special attention. Hmm. Right? Okay. So, you want to fuck with me. Well, I'm not going away. This is way too important. Yeah, if everybody wants this to get fixed, you got to get these answers. So, that leads me to believe it's one of two things. They don't have it or they don't want to give it up. Both, mm-hmm. whatever it is, is flatly unacceptable. Okay, again, I don't claim there to be a conspiracy. I don't like the attitude in the delay and missing emails and bullshit. Yeah. So, again, it's coming today. You're in violation, and you're going to answer. Here's what I want. Forget the neighborhood and the environs. I want all calls to service from East House Street, East Jackson Street, Creston Avenue, Chilson Avenue plus Bates Street, Cedar Paulson, and Community Streets, Harris Street, and Gary Avenue. Request for calls from these street names from 2019 to present. By name with the CAD calls for service documentation, including CAD notes. Give them! Because I know that the freedom of information... You tried to route it through City Hall. Well, that's the mayor. What's his name? David Shore, something like that. Oh, he's running for Congress to fill Alyssa Slotkin's seat. <laughs> so this smells to me like you got some professional PR people from the coast starting to manipulate it. We mm-hmm. asked something simple. Not blaming you for anything, but now I really don't like what I'm getting. This reminds me. Uh-huh. Of having to deal with this city, find out about them contracts, getting the bullshit, the okie doke. Are you kidding me? And all it does is drag it on, too, right? Give us the information. If there's yeah, nothing but, to hide, there's people, nothing to fucking hide. But some people give up and they forget. 
and it just kind of falls Ugh. by the wayside. So they just don't know well, Charlie. Thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, not all people do. Yeah. Yeah. Not everybody, but most do. They move on to the next, you know, crisis or the sure. next tragedy. And so we forget everything else. And how you can know, we do such a thing? Well, because we're bombarded with so much yeah. and nobody focuses in on the fact that unless you solve the problem, you will continue to repeat it. Are we just noticing everybody pulling the public check just is not working hard? <laughs> Did you know, like when I'm in New York, I'm I'm talking to pals on the phone, and like now the story comes out, Michigan State's got two thousand cameras, but there's no central yeah. spot for people mm-hmm. to view them. There's no real time analysis about what's going on. But that's the thing, Charles. It's like, and I, and I and I saw where the state is now about to hire a few hundred new people. It's like we keep adding on to stuff that already doesn't work. So if you buy a camera, who's watching it? What's going to be the response? I mean, this isn't brain surgery. It's quite simple, but we keep complicating and convoluting it, and it just doesn't work. Like it's not that complicated. It's real simple. What's the problem? What are our options? Pick a solution. Execute oversight <laughs> accountability might as well do this if you can't get your camera system together <laughs> you call xg service group right oh. Matt and bernie yaskovich listen they they specialize in security cameras hidden cameras access control wi-fi design and installation I, right I, construction I, cameras security <laughs> cameras oh come on seven three four two four five forty one hundred i mean it I mean, this I understand. I'm not saying I'm just laughing at everything I say prompts you to think about something else. At least that was positive. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, but keep you're the right tip. Though. Okay, That was positive, too. I'm just saying <laughs> I'm done. No, you're not. I'm done. Yeah, I am. You know what Jeffrey uh, Dahmer said to I don't Lorena Bobbitt? I don't want to know, Charlie. Keep the tip. <laughs> I'd cover my ears, but my headphones are on. <laughs> Go ahead and riff with that one. Yeah, all right. So, look, it's coming again. Why, why are you making me do this? Yeah. Just make, look, I, I'm sure there's nothing there, but, like, you got problems up in Lansing. You're now a top 20 most violent city. How's that possible? It's not. <laughs> Maybe this is how it's possible. Mr. Mayor, you going to run for governor, huh? I mean, you going to run for Congress. I'm watching you now, dude. Hey, Lansing, I'm watching now. I got too much to do. But maybe that's how it's possible, Charlie. If this is, this could be, you know, a microcosm of how they operate the police department or the city. So maybe that is how it's possible. Or we're the governor, man. I want some answers. Speaking of that, Rhett, go ahead. I, I just want to say this to the powers that be. If you're so worried about the people's trust, quit making it look like you're doing some shit that's untrustworthy. Give quit us violating the, the trust. Yeah. Quit violating. Yeah. Just give us what we're supposed to have or ask for. Nope. And if it's nothing to hide, you should have nothing to worry about. Plain mm-hmm. and simple. And again, Mike, Mark said, perfectly rational mm-hmm. explanation. Nothing there. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, I, I have no other... Reason to believe that it wouldn't be anything else but a public servant's telling me, right? Right. Except I go to the neighborhood and like a half a dozen neighbors are telling me they were mm-hmm. here, they were here. They, the neighbors don't even know each other. So there's a disconnect and they're really not happy being framed as kooks, liars, uh, you know, mm-hmm. tripping on LSD. <laughs> Something doesn't add up here. But like you said, they the, and I remember the interview uh, where the resident said that we, we really don't know or talk to our neighbors. So it's not like they've conspired, you know, the story that there was something different other than what they know to be true. And what do we get? 
What the governor? I don't. I don't know where the hell the governor is. Right? She pops oh. up on this one, and the, and the time for thoughts and prayers are over. You're right. I'm going to need some more gun laws. Okay, fair. But we have gun laws. They're not enforced, right? And all that shit y'all doing that prosecutor up there in Ingham County. You don't want to enforce the existing gun mm-hmm. laws. You caught the guy with three clips, an unregistered nine, and he flouts his nose at probation. And mm-hmm. there's no penalty here. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's another one. So he, Brad, you, you know, we 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 all have pieces. Yes. He bought the pistol. When you buy the pistol, you got what ten days to register this mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Okay, so the state's getting flagged on it, right? The the, right. the local constable's supposed to be flagged. The gun store's sending it. It wasn't registered. So right there. Why didn't he pop up? Well, how come the computers don't work like that? But and it's not even computer, Charlie. The thing about it is, is that out of all these people that have jobs in government, what is your responsibility? Wait, let, me, let, let me do this. Okay. Okay. Like instead of hi, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna okay. go specific. What's your responsibility? Put together a database. Mm-hmm. Hey, the the gun store. It was legally purchased. This guy's right. guns. You alert the state mm-hmm. that this guy bought a gun. Okay. That gun now gets tracked. Why isn't there any computer system say, hey, we now don't have a record of this piece being registered. Then you can make a call. You don't got to arrest anybody. Mm-hmm. You make a call. We you know, need to keep track of that. We're looking at you. You've already gone up on gun violations. This one, you're breaking the law. It is a law. Uh, you know, Whitmer likes these kind of laws. So why is there no penalty for breaking the existing gun law? The guy went and say he bought a long arm. And he didn't register it. Anybody going over to the house? Do we even know? No. No. You're kidding me. Yeah, we talked about that too. We, we've, we've covered that as far as what laws are in place to govern who's buying and who's not. Like you said, if he says he bought a long arm, that brings no suspicion. Nobody's going back to check with the gun dealer. Is this actually what he bought? And the gun dealer is going to do just bare minimum to make it sell. I mean, let's be honest. He's going to run your federal check. You come back, he's going to sell you the weapon. After that, it's out of his hand. You got No, he's, he's got to report the sale himself. Mm-hmm. Well, so then we need, to me, it sounds like we need to be going to them as well. There, there's a hole in the system. Yes. There's there was, a lack of oversight, lack of accountability. That's, lack, lack of fundamental, this, well, this is how we get these laws to work. I mean, you know, they're so busy posing mm-hmm. that I don't even think they know what the gun laws are. Yeah, you're probably right, Charlie. You know what I mean? You can't even get an answer. It's called computer-assisted dispatch. You're going to give it all of the calls of the neighborhood. So get busy. And I know this because I know police. That's just a keystroke. That's not mm-hmm. like you got to go into the files and be looking around. You put in the name Jackson Street. That's what you do. Then you can also put in the name McRae since you're at it. Man, now, power goes out. Again. <laughs> so what was it? Last week, no, 820,000 we- customers. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your rule of thumb. When you hear customer, double it, and that's the amount of people that don't have power. Mm-hmm. So when you have 800,000 customers, You got 1.6 million people. And it's an ice storm. It wasn't any like huge weather event to me. And then it goes out again. Mm -hmm. And some people, some people endured more than seven days of their power being out. 
I mean, that's that's a long time. I look at thirty five bucks. Uh, yeah, but you know, you got to think people are I'm, I'm being very. Facetious. First of all, they're paying for a service that they're not getting. That, that's the first thing. But if they have to stay in a hotel, if mm-hmm. they can find a hotel, hotels were also surging in terms of prices. The food that you have to throw away. Also, the residual impact of power being out. How is it damaging other things that are in your house that are supposed to be kept warm? We lose billions in economic activity. Yeah, businesses that are closed. Where's that data? Do you have that data? I have a couple uh, pieces of data. Sure, sure, sure. There's that one. Okay, what is that, Mark? That is uh, Michigan customers tracked versus customers outed. Um, I was looking for this Explain one. what, look, there, right now, currently, right now, there's 142,000 customers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, from that day, which is the 5th at 8, 827. I, this is a mess. What do you, don't throw that up there. What day are you talking about? <laughs> the 5th. In the end of that snow, yes. 336,000 customers. This is a week after yes. the 820,000 customers. Now- Eric Lau at, at the New York Times. Old Eric. Eric's Cracker Jack. We got a, we've got a um, diagram up here, graph. Mm-hmm. If you're listening and not watching, the yellow represents the true number. This is when all the computer systems are being counted because poweroutage.us does a better job of tracking DTE than DTE. <laughs> and that's the purple line. So when DTE is reporting to you, what power outage US is tracking is the yellow. So you can see consistently, and DTE has admitted this, you're mm-hmm. under-reporting it. What's, mm-hmm. the, what's that first date, Mark? I can't see it, right? Uh, Thursday. Now, the next one. Uh, Friday the 24th. Friday the 24th, DTE is reporting about... Just uh, about 475,000. Just what, what is this? Is it 500 or 400? That's 500 right 500. Mm-hmm. That's what D, 500,000 customers... What does the API, the the total, you know, the power outage U.S.? About 640. About 650, yeah, please. Close Thank to you. 650, sorry. <laughs> All right. 150,000 more customers. 300,000 more people. Yeah. Yep. This is the bullshit they're giving us. These That's motherfuckers got to go. Which it's, it's kind of laughable that they even feed us bullshit when nothing's going to be done about it. No one's going to hold their feet to the fire. No, they're not. You know why? Because DTE does a lot of commercials. Yep. They've got billboards up, radio and television. And that's what I saw. I saw a billboard yesterday. I mean, talking about down, you know, power outages and down wires. So, yeah, they've got their PR machine moving. PR machine. Yep. We're yep. not taking their money. I think this thing should be a public utility again. Yeah. Not, you know, privately traded to maximize profit. Amen. And don't lie to me. When you're out there saying, we invested $8 billion last year. First of all, your gas-fired plants and all that does not count as an investment in terms of upkeep. Because we know when you do these alternative investments, you're guaranteed a 10% return. Mm -hmm. So, of course, you're going to build all kinds of bullshit that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. You're guaranteed a profit. (laughs) Now, how much money did you put back into maintaining wires and telephone poles and couplings and transformers and tree trimming? That's a good question. Not enough. I don't care if they spent eight billion. They clearly didn't spend enough keeping anything up. Mine went out, and I was watching. I cut down one cypress tree in my backyard because it was in the power lines. Mm-hmm. They didn't do it, so the one next to it had the heavy snow, mm-hmm. and I watched it. Oh boy! And I call my wife up. I go, "Look, see it? See the branch? See it's heavy? Oh, it's but- touching now. Get ready! <laughs> Get ready!" <laughs> but Charlie, inclement weather, trees. This isn't anything new. I mean, they're, they're not new to the game. So, like, why hasn't anything been done 
prior to or since the last power outage. Oh, you mean what? You mean the one last week or this week or the one last of, summer? Or yeah. Pick one. Spring. Pick one. Right. Okay, I'll tell you what. That eight hundred billion dollars worth of duct tape they bought. <laughs> this might be an answer. These are the 2021 filings for the DTE Energy Michigan Political Action Committee contributions archive. Hmm. So in 2021, first of all, let me just say, look, look how long this is. I didn't even print the whole thing. It's a lot of donations. Okay, yeah, what you have page, on here page. is 141 out of 146 representatives in Lansing taking money. Okay, you have the biggest recipient, Governor Gretchen Whitmer. What did she get in 2021, the last year of the filings? Well, she got mm, 10,000. Then she got two grand as in-kind contribution, 12. Oh, and then she got another 20,000. So she got 32,000 last year. And the year before that, Governor, 1,000, Governor... 500, governor, 10,000. She got $45,000 in two years. Maybe that's why, because I, I haven't heard anything from the governor's office, from the mayor's office. I haven't heard anything about this and not even, you know, anything comforting for residents, like nothing. Oh, well, I'll show you the one thing uh, she did. She had one tweet, and here's the picture from what? it where she's shaking a linesman's hand, right? Oh. When That's was it. that? And it was a very positive. It was the, the second day after the out, after the outage. Which outage? Uh, <laughs> good question. The first, the first outage. The first major one with the ice storm. Like 10 days ago or something mm -hmm. like that? Yeah. Yeah. And that is it. That's the only comment I've heard her made whatsoever about this and it's a very positive one where she's wasting all these guys time who just want to get back to work <laughs> for a political picture when the fact of the matter is nobody's mad at those nobody's mad yeah, everybody at understand. these people yeah. the, the line, the line no, no one's mad at them they're busting their fucking yeah. ass everybody fucking around with that. electricity in, in an ice storm mm -hmm. yeah. but i think everybody like mark said everybody realizes that it's not them well look here i mean you said we're city hall yeah, Sitting in a rabbit hole because Mike Duggan took $10,000 from DTE last year. Wayne County Executive Warren Evans, who got his name on the airport now, <laughs> took $5,000. City Council Member Scott Benson. City Council uh, Member Janae Ayers. City Council Former. Member Fred Durhall. Man, this is bullshit. Now, let me ask you this. Who are the four that did not take and I know you may not Five, have that. Have. But I'm, I'm, yeah, I know, I know, Here, I know. But it, they'll put out that will, list. I'll look you go that. home and do the I will, I will do that. But I mean, <laughs> I'm saying. I had saying, to come up with that. I'm like, I'm the soothsayer. <laughs> because you know everything, Charlie. Everything. <laughs> well, maybe LaDuff should have held the press conference since, like, the Republican <laughs> yeah. leadership didn't figure it no out. One. And the city, re nobody was out there reassuring us mm -hmm. it's all going to be all right. Nope. When DTE is fucking tweeting, hi, we know <laughs> not having oh, powers yeah. and horrible thing so here's a link to mm -hmm. some warming centers but people were ripping them a new one i will fuck they off yeah. ripping them <laughs> warming so we're in the middle of a storm so you don't want to be driving they tell you not to drive mm -hmm. we're in the middle of a storm grandma doesn't have a car what's she supposed to do get on the fucking bus which, by the way, ain't running because we're in the middle of a storm. <laughs> but, Charlie, think... And I, and I have an electric car. It wouldn't fucking start. But, th but th think about... That's what I was going to talk about. It's a joke. I was bullshit. I was going to say, but think about that. The, this push to do two things. Move away from gas stoves. They want you to have an electric stove. And the push for electric vehicles. Yep. Now, I saw a story on that. 
and nobody could find a place to charge their vehicle. So the, um, and I forgot who it was. I have to look and power see. Power was out. Anyway. Well, yeah, the power was out. I understand. But their, their solution was, we're going to invest more money to build more charging stations, and then you'll have more options so you can drive well, that, around more to that see. That makes sense. Paul. You know, like, Charlie, no, but the, but the, the I'm, power I'm just trying out. to go with it, Karen. Like, I understand, We Charlie. already talked about this with the owner of the gas station in Dearborn. How about just... Please, mm. please look here. Here's the answer okay. to it. All right. There's no it? fucking plan. Okay, I agree with that. Where is again the bureaucrats mm -hmm. again? We're gonna we're gonna go electric. We got gas stations. We're gonna build more electric charging stations. Where? What's the plan? Have you told the gas station people? Have you have you told the power grid people? But How if are we you supposed to do but this? if you're this is this is my take. If your grid is not working and if all those things that you cited and if the trees aren't trimmed and the power is still not going to be consistent, then now you don't don't it's, just have. It's not going to work. It's not that's what I'm work. saying. So if you got three charging stations that don't work got now, it. now you got 10 got that it. don't work. Yep, that's that's right. my and, and there's no very way, simple. There's approach. no way to store the power. There's okay. no way to store solar or wind. Yeah. There's no way to store it. We don't have batteries that big. Right. So. Going back to it, where was anybody to read? My mom, mm -hmm. my mom, I, I would call her, but let's leave her alone. Her power went out again. She's 80. She's not doing well, yeah. right? Good thing I go over there because she's using the downtime to paint her upstairs window. <laughs> and I mean, her upstairs ceiling in her bathroom and she can't get the window closed. I don't know. You know, I go over in the morning and the windows open. The house is freezing. Her cell phone's not charged. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it's, oh, Jesus, mom. You close the window. She believes. She does her like, this is cute. She doesn't know if her hot water works. She doesn't want to use it. She wants to save what, what little hot, hot water, water she, she got left. I'm like, mom, it'll go cold anyway. <laughs> and then I'm like, you've got a, uh, you know, a, a thermocoupler here. Like, it doesn't work on the electric grid. Let me just turn it up. Oh, my. I can take a shower. I'm not bad. I have I have four oh, blankets. Oh. She's got the stove on. You remember the gas stove they told us not to use? Mm -hmm. Well, how the fuck did you expect her to keep warm? That's the point, Charlie. This is bullshit. And the real bullshit is, ain't none of our representatives representing shit. They just watching us freeze our toes off, yeah. sit here and struggle with this at least four, five, six, seven, the eight, nine, ten The guy from Hamtramck has been very uh, vocal and outspoken uh, about it. Everybody else, not I so I still would have so. liked, and by the way, the, you'd have to give the radio address since our fucking TVs are out. But some, and forgive, forgive the comparison, some... Uh, Andrew Cuomo-esque type briefings for people. Like, here's where you would get water, mm -hmm. right? Here's where you can get a warm meal. Something to this effect. Now, early Here's on, who you can call if you're stuck. Any display er, of well, leadership. But early early on, there were restaurants. I saw two restaurants, one in Livonia and one somewhere else that were passing out food. And I heard, albeit briefly, that there was a warming center open. Well, how would you know? I know, but that's my point. How would you know? How do you get there? What's the... And I don't why, know. Yeah. why is it like restaurants are doing? Don't we that's have FEMA? Yeah. Don't we have emergency response? Don't we have the Red Cross? These were restaurants. And I think, and I'm not trying to t take away anything from the restaurants, but, you know... <sighs> I don't know. What? No, you made it making a point. I know, no, no. I was I no know. because it what? didn't it didn't make sense. I'm pissed. It didn't make sense. Right? So forget it. My my fucking mother. 
And I didn't mean it that way. I just was listening <laughs> to that. I am so angry. Mm-hmm. You should be. And then you go over there, and this is what a bum the county is. Mm-hmm. You plow in Joy Road, and you plow a mountain of ice, and she can't get out because you're saying we're not allowed to. Well, you better figure out how to because that's been going on for 50 years. She told me the story. She was pregnant with my brother Billy 50 years ago, and she had just shoveled to get out, and then they came and did it to her again, Mm -hmm. and she stood there pregnant in the howling wind just weeping. And the guy 50 years ago said, like, I can do it one time. I said, I'm not allowed to do it. At least there was a soul 50 years ago. Mm. You guys suck. Where are you, Warren? Where are you, Mike? Where are you today, Gretchen? Gretchen, they dumped poison dirt. We now know for a fact from Debbie Dingle, you didn't have any idea. We got one picture of you from the, you know, other storm. Mm-hmm. You're nowhere to be found. See, we need somebody that enjoys the job, that enjoys public service, that burns the midnight oil, that makes decisions based on data and real life stuff and knocks some heads into getting the bureaucracy to work. And yet you don't. You blew COVID. You blew it. All the data's in now. Or it's starting to come in. Hey, oh, that's look at that. What a segue. That was a great segue. Yeah. So now it's three years later. We're following the science and the data. I don't blame anybody's reaction to COVID. Fear was good at first. Well, we knew about three months out who this was killing. Old people and obese people and the average age of death in Michigan is around 75 years old. We know what you did with the nursing homes and we know you didn't track it. We know it. But you shut down the schools. You shut down the seed section. Couldn't go to my cabin. Couldn't be in a boat for some reason. And the old people were dying, and you never admitted it. And now, lots of stuff's coming out. So we got, this was congressional testimony. Dr. Marty McCary from Johns Hopkins, best-selling New York Times author, columnist for the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal, right? Surgeon, kind of a big deal. Now we're having COVID hearings. I found this to be interesting at least. The greatest perpetrator of misinformation during the pandemic has been the United States government. Misinformation that COVID was spread through surface transmission, that vaccinated immunity was far greater than natural immunity, that masks were effective. Now we have the definitive Cochrane review. What do you do with that review? Cochrane is the most authoritative evidence body in all of medicine and has been for decades. Do you just ignore it, not talk about it? That myocarditis was more common after the infection than the vaccine. Not true. It's 4 to 28 times more common after the, the vaccine. That young people benefit from a booster. Misinformation. Our two top experts on vaccines quit the FDA in protest over this particular issue, pushing boosters in young, healthy people. The data was never there. That's why the CDC never disclosed hospitalization rates among boosted Americans under age 50. The vaccine mandates would increase vaccination rates. The George Mason University study shows it didn't. It did one thing. It created never vaxxers who are now not getting the childhood vaccines they need to get. Over and over again, we've seen something that goes far beyond using your best judgment with the information at hand. We've seen something which is unforgivable, and that is the weaponization of medical research itself. 
the C CDC putting out their own shoddy studies, like their own study on natural immunity, looking at one state for two months, when they had data for years on all 50 states, why did they only report that one sliver of data? Why did they salami slice the giant database? Because it gave them the result they wanted. Same with masking study. Well, the data has now caught up in giant systematic reviews and the public health officials were intellectually dishonest. They lied to the American people. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And everybody that even questioned any of what was coming out was called a nut. Everybody, and I, and I mm. Yes, I've never seen a disease be politicized like this. Mm -hmm. Now again, I was not a denialist. I did what I was asked to do. I wore the mask. I got the vax that I didn't want because I, I, you know, I've been around. Do I have natural immunity, right? Now it comes to show natural immunity was better than the vax. The vax was sold to me as you'll never get infected. You'll never die. You'll never transmit. Karen's doing the it's money. It's all about the money, Charlie. Even there's... In there, the th former head of the <sighs> FDA. It's his name, John Gottlieb. Yes. The former head of the FDA pushing this vax... Okay, fine. Mm -hmm. I'm, I, I'm not a scientist, so I wasn't, you know, pretending I had new science. But he's on the board of Pfizer. He makes $300,000 a year mm -hmm. being on the board of Pfizer. We know that the vax didn't work like that. So then they, they morph it, and there's data that shows it, data that doesn't, that it lessens the effects of COVID, right? Sure glad I got, I, I caught COVID. I'm sure glad I got boosters. I'd be dead. Well, I got it twice, and I didn't die. But to say it, right, Yeah. put it at each other's throats. Remember when Fauci in the beginning said once 70% will be great. And then with, with herd immunity. So apparently at some point, her, um, natural immunity was good and then it was bullshit. And you're a traitor and a murderer if you do anything but. Or when I'm looking at University of Michigan hospital data in October of 2021, and I'm going, 40% of the motherfuckers with COVID in the hospital have been vaccinated. And I'm working with some dingbat, super liberal, woke, fascist editor who's telling me that's dangerous for you to do that. I'm like, that's the data. But now we know. I'm glad you're not working anymore. You're the danger. But we're but we're taught not to question. We're no, no who 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 no who, no. Who, I'm saying who, in, who. in general, nope. and so everybody's following along, and nobody's asking any questions. Nobody's asking what, why, or anything. And so if you do, then you're the bad Mil person. Millions, including you, right? We're asking. Yes. So the thing is to be shouted out. Now look at this, like Wuhan, United States Department of Energy, sort of in charge of these bio labs. The FBI, it's most likely, with low confidence, it's most likely it came from the Wuhan lab. Four other agencies believe it came from the bat market, mm -hmm. and two just kicked the can. We don't even care anymore. That means masks, vaccine, the origins of it, it's all in question. There mm -hmm. is no consensus. So why did we continue Four, we're three years in now. Micromanage people's lives when you didn't have the data. It's money. Charlie. Well, it's not just money. It was also politics, yeah. which is money. That's true. Right? <laughs> yeah. You're right. So now if we can just lay off one another, get to a, an answer here, and ask the Chinese to come deal fucking honestly and let us in, 
because the Chinese won't let us in. They arrested the, the scientists at the lab. They destroyed the records and they won't let us in. Now, a group of scientists right here in the New York Times actually read that in the morning. In January of 2020, the consensus among um, the big scientists, including Jeremy Farrar, then director of the Welcome Trust and the incoming chief scientist of the World Health Organization. Mm -hmm. Remember when they kissed the Chinese ass? Mm -hmm. The consensus was it's, it's most likely that this was inconsistent with expectations from evolutionary theory, meaning it probably came from a lab. And then a month later, after Farrar gets his appointment, he says it would be racist somehow to look at the Chinese in their lab. Why would that be racist? That's science. That means human beings are fucking with God's code and it could kill all of us mm-hmm. with the days upon us. And you're telling me what? Well, a lot of anti-Asian hate going on, so we should close our eyes to the truth and get the answer? Are we making any movement about bio-research at all in the world? Can, can, can we learn something from this? Or are we going to do this nonsense? Again, again, I wore the mask. I got the vax. I got COVID anyway. I, I'm not the denialist. I'm the guy that went in and collected the bodies. I know that what you said about the nursing homes was a lie. Oh, look at that. I just, I just saw the whole shit drop. Mark's got the oh. listeners here. <laughs> yeah. He's got the listeners, right? Who's listening right now? And I did that and I was like, oh, fuck it. I'm out of here. Hey, I, 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 just, back, I just sent you a picture of Fauci at CPAC. Uh, and this lady took a picture. Did you see when she was yeah. pointed at him with her middle finger? I just, I just sent it to you guys. See, don't do that. Why? No, no, send it. Yeah, but lady, lady, what's wrong with you? No, it's, I, she may not even done, she may have not, even, it may have just been by accident, but it was just, you know, an interesting pose that she had. She did, She was smiling. She didn't appear to be doing it. You know, just, you know how you point at somebody like, oh, this is my friends, my whatever. It just happened to be her middle finger. Very yeah. well, smiling. Well, again, and, and here it goes back to, to the powers that be. You want us to believe you. You want us to trust you. But you keep feeding us bullshit after bullshit. Well, I'm going to give you some advice. It's not uh, medical. It's not scientific. But to all the people that continue to ride around in vehicles by themselves with their masks on, <laughs> you could probably take it off. Yeah, but... But what? They know themselves. Charlie, they know they know where that, that filthy the most, they know where their filthy mouth is. That been. is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. And I'm like, why are these people still doing this? Is it possible to reinfect yourself? Has there been any study on reinfecting yourself? <laughs> I, I just want to thank the ones that keep it on and know it's a good reason to keep Listen, it on. You know like what? Face. I don't care about that. You know what I want you to do? I want you to cover your mouth when you cough. I want you to wash your hands when you leave the restroom. I want you to keep Listen, I was at a restaurant and this alone. guy Hold on, this guy walks up to the table and he's talking. Like, don't talk over my table with food. Like, that's the kind of stuff I don't want you to do. Thank you. (laughs) Still go to a restaurant. COVID's still out there till till May 11th. (laughs) Now, take it you got data on that? (laughs) It's a study. (laughs) That's what the Biden administration is going to do. Now, this is kind of fucked up. So I post, you know, Mike Nevin's passing. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I can't believe you. It's just, it's, I'm the other side of this shit. Well, I h- hate to ask it, but I'm going to. Was he vaxxed? I know, but that's. Oh, God. Okay, here's the answer. 
No. <laughs> it was a heart attack. No. What's? Come on, man. But what difference does it make? I don't like when well, people Well, because say, it's more proof <laughs> but when people that say, Fauci murdered me. When you tell someone that someone passed, right. the first thing they say is what happened. They died. That's what happened. Like, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Well, that, I, I asked. I asked because. Well, the, but you're a friend. I mean, the, the, you're, you spoke with his daughter. That's different. No, well, I asked because Mike was under a lot of pressure and he mm-hmm. had a lot of enemies. Oh. So yeah. I didn't want to know if, I did want to know if someone had hurt Mike, mm-hmm. killed him, or Mike had taken his own life. I wanted right. to know because I know exactly what he did do with his life. And I. If there's a way to go, I'm happy it was quick, and I'm happy it was that way, and I'm, I'm not happy that he's gone. But you're asking from a friendship point, from a point of care and concern, yes. not, a, not a point of being just nosy or unnecessarily inquisitive. Now, I'm going to take it out with this because, go ahead, Red. Or just wanting to hear the drama. You know, most times when people ask how they died, they really want to hear the most worst way he died. Oh, well, he died with a bottle of pills and a fifth of booze on top of a stripper. Yeah. Keep I the just, tip. <laughs> Okay, so I, I, I want to, this is from the book. I want to just read a little section here about Mike. Remember that his dearest friend, Walter Harris, died in an arson for profit and that the police were so busy that they had moved along. They weren't even investigating. It's a murder. If it's an arson, it's a murder. Mm-hmm. All right. So. In the meantime, Harris's partner, Mike Nevin, was promoted to lieutenant and transferred from Squad 3 to Engine 38, a firehouse located on the Tinder Trap east side. He and his men were checking out fire hydrants on a spring morning when one of the deckies, fire department speak for grunts, found a screen door torn from its hinges and an abandoned house. The deckie threw the door on the back of the rig and the engine drove off with Nevin in command. It seemed like no big deal. The copper piping in the old house had been scavenged, the meter box, the electrical wiring, even the garage door. Inside the garage was a pile of trash and human excrement. Who would miss the screen door? Their firehouse didn't have a screen door and the flies were getting in. Detroit firefighters had been repairing their firehouses like this for decades. Toilets, doors, lumber, bricks. The city never cared. No one ever complained. And it was cheaper for the city than paying for the upkeep itself. This time, however, a neighbor caught Nevin and his crew on tape. The neighbor sent the tape to a local news station. The news station put its crack reporter on the job, and within days, Nevin and his men were fired for looting the city. (laughs) Nevin was beside himself. Maybe he should have told the deckie to leave the door be. Maybe he shouldn't have revealed to investigators that Walt Harris's alarm didn't trigger when the roof collapsed on him. Maybe he shouldn't have called city leadership an object and complete failure in my newspaper column. Maybe he shouldn't have told Congressman Sander Levin to kiss his balls. There was a lot Nevin probably shouldn't have done. The brass hated him, and the brass had his balls now. The irony is, Nevin used to have a little screen door business. He knew the thing wasn't worth 20 bucks. I went to Nevin's disciplinary hearing, a meeting opened by law to the public. I waited in the foyer of fire headquarters downtown, making notes in my book. There was a glass case containing the photographs of the department's 15 ranking executives. All were black and all appointed. The department is in total about half black and half white, and an all-black command staff would be grounds for a discrimination lawsuit in most other cities. But this is Metro Detroit. Race is a way of life. 
A man in uniform approached me. I recognized him from the glass case. Second Deputy Commissioner James W. Mack, Jr. May I ask what you're doing here, he asked me. I'm a reporter covering Lieutenant Nevin's disciplinary hearing. I know who you are, and I'm going to have to ask you to leave, he said, taking me by the elbow and leading me to the elevators. He smiled like a lizard. I wrote his name in my tablet. It was quiet in the elevator. He watched the lighted numbers change. I watched him watch the lighted numbers change. I never took my eyes off him. I was staring directly at the man. Mayors come and go, but it is the footmen who tie the knots and divide the bag. The long-time little men. Bureaucrats. Cockroaches. The elevator reached the ground floor. Here you are. Sir, I said, the only reason you have Nevin up there on charges is because he spoke to me and he told the truth. So I promise you one thing. I'm going to go through all the paperwork, all the contracts, and I'm going to find it. What do you suppose you'll find, he said, with the face. The money, I said. I'm going to find out who ruined this department. I'm going to find out about those screen doors. Good luck with that, sir. And have a nice day. So long, Mike. You were loved.